Welcome to the Family Worship Center podcast. Each week, we bring you our message from our Sunday morning services at Family Worship Center in Beaumont. We hope you find this message encouraging. We are working on a sermon out of John chapter 15. And uh, we've had a couple of little interruptions, and then Zach took a Sunday and worked on it. And so we are about to wrap it up. This, this Sunday and one more should wrap it up. And everybody said, yeah, all right, we'll work on it really hard. So John chapter 15, I've shared this every time we've read it. If, if they come to get our Bibles, I'm going to beg the, uh, first I'll, I'll fight for it, but if they're going to get them anyway, I'm going to say, at least give me the book of John. And if they say, no, you can't have the book of John, I'll uh, fight for that. And if they won't give us anything, I'll say, leave me John chapter 15. John chapter 15 is basically a summation of the gospel. But in this little portion that we're reading right here, John chapter 15, and if we begin in verse 12, and it's on the screen for you, this is my commandment, okay? Whenever the Lord was asked what's the most important commandment, he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. He said, this is my commandment. He also in another place, he said, I give you a new commandment that you love one another. And this is what this is all about. This is my commandment, love each other. How? How much? Like Peter that time, whenever the Lord was talking about forgiving one another, how many times do I need to forgive my, my brother? Seven times? Maybe seven and Jesus said, I'm telling you the truth, 70 times 7. In other words, we can do some quick multiplication and figure that one out, 490 times. So does that mean, okay, that we're keeping count? Okay, that's 489. You got one more, and then I'm fixing to let you have it. <laughs> no. Basically, that was, a, that was a phrase that was like, until you can't keep count of it anymore. In the same way, he says, love each other the way I've loved you, immeasurable, no way to count it, no way to to see how big that is, keep loving, when you think you've loved enough, love a little more, there's no greater love, verse 13, no greater love than to lay down one's life for his friends, you are my friends if you do what I command, I no longer call you slaves, because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. In other words, if, if you're working for somebody, they're not going to come in and tell you about every little business decision because you're working for them. But he says, I'm not counting you as slaves. We're back still in, yeah, there we go. So he's saying, you're not, you're not slaves anymore. No longer slaves. You're friends. That's the reason we call this sermon friends, F-R-I-E-N-D-S, if you're lettering down the side of your paper. We're working through that. Now you're my friend since I've told you everything the Father's told me. That's what he's talking about right here. You didn't choose me. I chose you. Sit and think about that. And then think about it some more. (laughs) Because it can blow your mind. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command. Love 
each other. Father, as we are working our way through this portion of Scripture, we're asking for your blessings, asking for your presence. Thank you for already meeting us here this morning. Lord, thank you for giving us the privilege and the honor of being able to celebrate what you did for us. There are people in this world that would give everything they own to be able to have the freedom that we've already experienced and, 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 and worked on this morning. And so, Lord, don't let us take that for granted. You gave us a, a great place to be. And so, Lord, would you just work in us and through us and for us? And, Lord, would you continue to be in this place this morning? And, Lord, would you just walk in and out of every aisle and up and down every row? And, Lord, would you allow us the privilege and the honor of being able to say when we have left here, I have felt the presence of God. Lord, would you transform us? And as I so often pray, would you make us into something that looks a whole lot more like your dear son Jesus and a whole lot less like us? We thank you for doing that. In Jesus' name, amen. So as we are working through friends... If you haven't been here, you can catch up on it as soon as Zach gets caught up to uh, on Facebook. Uh, he posts uh, the, the podcast there. Also, you can go, if you've got a podcatcher of some kind on your phone, you can go and find us at FWC Beaumont and subscribe there, and it'll come up every week, and you'll get it whenever Zach puts them out. Usually, they drop on Wednesday morning. So uh, as, as we're working through this, if you haven't been here, we're letter down the side of your page, F-R-I-E-N-D-S. And the friends, the F is focus on what is really important, what really, really matters. Let's major in the majors and not major in the minors. And far too often we, we in church world tend to major in the minors. The R is renew our commitment. That's our commitment to the Lord. It's our commitment to each other. It's our commitment to make a difference in this world, our commitment to reach people for the gospel's sake. Uh, the I is... Invest and invite. We are called to invest in the kingdom. We're called to invite people to join us in that endeavor. That's what this thing is all about. Uh, the E is equip and empower people to minister. In other words, as we uh, are discipled ourselves, that then we turn around and make disciples. That's part of what Wednesday night is all about. Uh, none of us have ever arrived. Even I, as I'm teaching the adult class, every time I go through something else. I learn something myself. I grow some. I, I, I look at it from a different angle. I experience it in a little different way, and I become a better disciple because of it. But we need to turn around and also make disciples. That's, that was the whole great commandment that he gave us to go out. The great commission was to go out and make disciples, not just make believers. Amen? There's a big difference. So we're called to equip people. We're called to empower them to go out and do ministry. Then we're called to network the body of Christ. That's the end and friends. And so we're about two slides behind there. Yes, there we are. Network the body of Christ. In other words, if somebody else is doing something and, and uh, we can get along with them, if they agree that Jesus Christ is Lord, why, not, why don't we invest in them and network the body of Christ instead of every church trying to duplicate every ministry that's out there. We talked about that at great length. Then today, demonstrate love. And ultimately, I, I think this is probably where we probably fall the shortest. 
Now, we say we're, we're love, you know, we know that God says he's love, and, and, and we, we, you know, ultimately there's a lot of people that come in and say, oh, this is a loving church, and people care about one another, but here's the thing, we always fall short on demonstrating love. Because we, as a, as a group of people, and we as individuals, what we're called on is to continually demonstrate love in ways that sometimes we don't even think about. How, how do you know who a real believer is? If they know their Bible, if they can quote some scripture, would that be a good one? If they say, hallelujah, Jesus Christ is Lord. Is that the mark of a true believer? If we have a, a spire on the front of the building, some stained glass windows, is that a mark of a true believer? If we have a Jesus bumper sticker, heard a story about this lady. She's in traffic, and traffic's all backed up and everything, and cop pulls in behind her, whoop, whoop, turns on the blue lights and everything, jumps out, runs around her, pulls his gun out. Get out of the car. Keep your hands up. Okay, what's going on? I need you to step out of the car, back toward me, put your hands on the car, he cuffs her, and she says, what in the world is going on? I want to know what, why you're arresting me. And so he says, I need you to identify yourself, and she says, well, my, my ID's in there and my wallet and everything, and so he gets, his, gets her driver's license out and compares it, calls it in, that runs a license number, oh, and so he starts uncuffing her, and uh she said, what is all this about? And he said, I'm sorry, ma'am. He said, I, I saw your WWJD, uh, what would Jesus do, bumper sticker, and your frog bumper sticker, and your, your follow me to Sunday school bumper sticker. And he said, but I had just seen you flip off two people and, and do this a number of times and cussing out the window and shaking your hand. And he said, so I naturally assumed you had stolen this car. Mm. Well, we could all use some work in that area, huh? <laughs> so here's the thing. How do we demonstrate love? How do we know we're a true believer? It tells us, John chapter 13, verse 35. By this shall all men know that you're my disciples if you have love one for another. How do we demonstrate that? Let me count the ways. Glad you asked that question. That's how you know a true believer, by the way. By this shall all men know you're my disciples if you have love for one another. Not about the stained glass, not about the spires. It's about how we treat people. About how we love one another. Even if we disagree, you know what? You don't have to be disagreeable to disagree. Amen? In church world, man, if, if we don't agree on the finer points of some doctrine, some dogma of the church, man, we get all bent out of shape, and it's like, I can't believe that, and I'm not going to have any more fellowship with you. Back up to point one. Focus on what's really important. Love overcomes a multitude of sins. Love covers a multitude of sins. And so we are called to love one another and, and, and 
you know, here's the thing. As we love one another, as we love the Lord, we love one another, guess, guess what's premier in everything? Love. That's what we ought to all be working for. You know, sometimes we say, oh, I wish I had more faith. Wish I had more patience. How many times do you ever hear anybody say, I wish I had more love? God considers it to be the most important thing, and we consider it sometimes to be the least. Sometimes we're the most contentious people there are. I, I, I kid you not, and I don't say this with, with joy, but some of the most cantankerous people that I've ever met in my life have been people that say they're Christians. As I've shared with you, I've met some people that look like they were baptized in vinegar and weaned on lemons. It didn't matter what you did, how you said it, getting arguments about what translation of the Bible you're using, what mode of baptism, we've talked about that a number of times, whether it's by immersion or sprinkling or pouring or all. I mean, my goodness gracious, can we not focus on what is important? Can we not love one another through all that stuff? Now, there are some things that are set in concrete, can't, can't get away from it. Salvation by faith alone and Christ alone. I mean, that, that's, you can, we, we can't talk anymore about that. That's, that's just the way it is. But it, it, otherwise, why do we strain at gnats trying to to make people believe exactly the way we believe about all those finer details and all those little things. Because see, ultimately, if we're going to attract people, it's going to be love that attracts them. fact is, Romans chapter 2, Paul talks about it this way. He says, are you, are you forgetting, are you making light of the fact that it's the kindness, the goodness, the love of God that causes us to want to repent. Sometimes our view of God is so wrong, and so I, I knew this lady, and, and she was very sincere. She was a, a, a good lady, but her view of God was so distorted that there's no way she could ever love like God loves. He said, love as I have loved you. This was a quote from her. I just see God like he's got a big hammer over his head and just waiting to bonk me when I do something wrong. I said, well, that's not my God. <laughs> You're serving the wrong one. Because if he was like that, he would have bonked me way early on. Amen. Hard enough to just call it done. And, and you know, it, it's sometimes if we're looking at it from, from that perspective, if we're looking at it with those spectacles on how could you ever see God as a God of love? How could you ever see him as he truly is and how much compassion and how much mercy he has on every one of us? Because here's the thing. I hope you didn't come in here thinking you had it all down pat because I'm fixing to your bubble right now. We've all blown it. It might have been in a huge way, it might have been in a little way, it might have been 10 years ago, 20 years ago, or it might have been yesterday. And if it was not for his love and compassion and his mercy enduring forever, how on earth would we ever make it? So if he says, my command for you is that you love one another as I have loved you. 
Oh, my goodness. Does that mean when you say the least little thing that I'm going to bow up and get all... Is, is, I don't know if it applies down here. We used to have a saying up in Kentucky, get puffed up like a dead possum. Because possums will sow. If you've never been a hunter, you can, they'll play dead. And they'll sow up. That's, that's what people do. They, something will happen that don't suit them. Sow up like a dead possum. Or am I going to say, you know, they probably didn't mean that the way that I think the way that I took that. Hey, this got me through a lot of days. They surely couldn't have meant that like, they, like, I, like I took it. It's love. And ultimately, it, it, Romans chapter, gosh, I, I'm, I've left my notes so far, I can't even get back on them, I don't think. Romans chapter 12. Paul says, let love be sincere. Let love be genuine. In other words, don't fake it. Don't come in here and, hey, how you doing? How was your week? Because you know what? Everybody can spot a fake 10 miles away. Fact is, if you go back to the original of what let love be sincere means. And there's, there's several stories about this. Some of them date back to the middle century, so there's got to be a little truth in it. But the root of that word is sansere. And sans, when something is sans, what does that mean? Without. For those of you that are wordsmiths and read a lot of dictionaries and thesauruses, means sans. Years ago, anybody that's my age or older, you'll remember uh, the, the big thing was sans the belt slacks. It means they didn't have a belt. Like, I couldn't wear them because I am shaped like this. Y'all, I almost need suspenders just to keep them up. So sans the belt meant without a belt. So sans means without. What does Sarah wax? What? Why would he be talking about wax? Actually, the original language there, if you take it back to the Greek, it means sun judged. And what they would do back in the middle centuries, it became in vogue for these uh, places over there in the Middle East. All of them had statues. They had statues of gods. If we're, if we're talking about Ephesus, it's estimated there were over a thousand statues that line the main street in Ephesus. Every little shop, every little bit, every little half block, there was a statue that represented some god, some entity, some Caesar that they would worship. Well, whenever the Roman Empire kind of fell, it became in vogue that they, people would go and pillage and they'd get one of those statues and put it in their home. You know, it was one of those pinky out kind of things it was if you were rich if you had any money at all you would go have a statue in your home well as they pillaged more and took more and got rid of more the only ones that were left were the ones that were broke and so what they would do is they'd take candle wax and they'd fill in the cracks maybe on the face or the head or you know the arm on this statue and make it look like brand new 
And so the only way you could tell, because they'd match the color of the wax and they'd smooth it on there and polish it up, everything would look fine until if you got it out in the hot sun. Because what happens to wax whenever you put it in the hot sun? If any of you ever had kids with crayons in the car, you know exactly where it happens. It melts, runs everywhere. So whenever he says, let love be sincere, those two things, if you go back to the original, the original, original, sun judged. If you got it out of the sun, it would run. So sincerity, which meant without wax, came to mean if, if it was the real thing. I'm not talking about Coke either. The real thing. Let love be the real thing. Because you can spot a fake a hundred miles away. So he says, let your love be the real thing. Love one another as I have loved you. This is my commandment to all of us. I'm going to close with this. Because I've got way more to say than I could possibly say. But. Paul says this, this is 1 Corinthians 13. If I could speak all the languages on earth and of angels, but I didn't love others, I'd be a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and I understood all that, and understand all the secret plans of God, possess all knowledge, and I had such faith that I could move mountains, but I didn't love others. I'd be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it, but if I didn't have love for one another or for others, I would have gained nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. It keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice. It rejoices whenever the truth wins. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful. It always endures in every circumstance. When was the last time we acted with that kind of love? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, I think we can all take a moment here and repent. We don't love like you told us to. We don't love how, how you showed us we could. So Lord, would you help us? Thank you for giving us the Holy Spirit. You said he was our comforter, our helper through life. And so, Lord, the only way that we can love like you told us to love is if we allow the Holy Spirit to put that in us, to put your love where our love is. Help us to leave out of here different in some way. Help us to go out here and express your love to this world because, as you said in Romans through Paul, it's your goodness, it's your kindness that causes us to repent. That's what's going to win people. That's what's going to change people's hearts and minds. So would you allow us to be the instrument of love that you have in this world? And Lord, help us to demonstrate that every day. 